out of your friends, it's time for MetaWatch, the world's first, best, and only MetaBots podcast, actually probably from the planet Earth. My name's Mitch, I use he and pronouns, and I've never once shot at a baby. Joining me as always, my favorite Martian, Colin. It was all a dream. I used to read MetaUp magazine, and my pronouns are they and them. <laughs> <laughs> we have, um, I, I can't imagine a better ending for this cartoon television program. This this is a really good ending. Like I know we were really sour on the the end of season one, uh, which is the, technically the end of core three or whatever, uh, as just being like kind of like a bad dog shit ending to a seat of season of Metabots. And wow, uh, exact opposite here. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've spent some time trying to go over how to improve this, and like there's very few ways. I like they nailed it every every step of the way. Oh, man. Do we just want to get straight into it? Do we just want to talk about waking to a dream? Yeah, let's go. Um, This is the most... These two episodes are just lore. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's a lot going on in them. It's not just lore, but there is a lot of lore. Uh, Because we wake up, same same way that uh, the last episode ended, uh, Metabi wakes up under a giant tree, uh, sees this beautiful ancient skyline vista, of, uh, you know, big bulbous white, uh, cities and a beautiful glistening sea with pillars arising out of it and, uh, uh, flying saucers in the, in the air. Um, and it's just amazed by it, which is when Brass shows up and, uh, is like, Oh, you're so sleepy. Haha. <laughs> I'm so glad I could wake you up. And, uh, this is going to be a recurring thing as to what the hell that, uh, Metabee's name is in the previous timeline because the first thing that I heard was Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, she calls him Ferrum in the sub, which, you know, it's kind of cute. Yeah. Um, but it's only ever Ferrum, at least. Yeah. And that makes sense in the sub. But I will tell you, as we get deeper into the dub, it sounds less and it gets farther and farther away from Ferrum. It seems like it might have started as that. But like, yeah, it starts at. Guillermo, and as Brass keeps kind of like, you know, Metabee's still kind of like talking as if he's Metabee. Like, he still has the knowledge of, of the continuity that he's in, and so he's talking about, like, Metabots and blah 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 and this supposed Brass figure is just being like, oh, you're you're just trying to pull up one on me with your crazy words that you always like to say that you so you can stay here and nap more, which is when I get the second name that I think I'm going back and forth between Guillermo and Gear Gear. Elmo, I like that's what I'm going back and forth with for a little bit at the start of this episode. I mean, Metabee does bebop on the streets, but like he does not the Sesame streets. But uh, the big thing is Brass is is kind of like dragging Metabee along uh, because they're going to be late. They're going to be late to the the big uh, row battle that they have to go to. Um, and, uh, as she drags them through the city, this is where we get a good view of the city again. These kind of, like, big, like, Dragon Ball, like, Capsule Corp-style, like, onion-looking white buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, Metabots, as far as the eye can see, no humans. Uh, just, you know, living a peaceful life, training, uh, trading, like, various goods, like, having a good old time. Yeah, um, I really wish we could have just stuck around and see what, like, Metabot-like culture was. Like, let's see some Metabot, like, graffiti, or, like, Metabot bartering or trade or whatever. Like, that was so uh, interesting. 
I mean, I, I know we're we're bit we're both big on role playing games, and I do have to say that this was a major plot point and a turning point for the Mage of the Awakening game that I played in, where we went back in time to before uh the the fall of of Atlantis and like the sundering of of what reality was at that point, and it it you know getting reality back to the point where uh. In this instance, where metabots could live free and have their civilization, did become my character's entire purpose of being. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I do really love this whole like section of this show. <laughs> I also had a multi-year-long campaign where this essential thing happened, except um, magic was actually people <laughs> who lost their physical forms. Yeah, and was you know, yeah, yeah, but it's the same thing. Yeah, so yeah. there was a flashback sequence where we go see that culture it was great <laughs> um but yeah we get this kind of like it's still kind of clippy um you know we're it, we start to get the feel that um you know while it does feel like we're just viewing this from metabee's like point of view that we're getting like kind of quick cuts that make it seem like maybe metabee is is experiencing time faster than mm-hmm. he like normally would uh uh the principal samuroid is here and literally knights metabee with an excalibur ass sword to take part in a, a battle that will prove that metabots will never be subjugated by a quote-unquote soft-skinned race don't love to hear that yeah um, um <laughs> we're we're kind of splitting from the sub and the dub here um we're getting a lot of like narration which is weird for metabots we have yeah. mr narrator but like we don't actually get narration. But um, well, Oct- Octopi did survive this whole yeah. cataclysm. Uh. Um, but clearly, Mister Narrator isn't a Metabot because he's not in this dream. Yeah. Um, but uh, as he's being knighted, Metabigos Ferum, this name is unfamiliar to me, but filled with nostalgia. And we keep getting like, so this isn't. This is a race at war. The the Metabot. Uh, we'll get into it more. But Metabot society, all the separate metal. Like types were different races and were constantly at war. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, because like uh, you know, Metabi is kind of like sworn in to lead their forces into battle uh, uh, for for the sake of of their kind. And like thinking back on it, like yeah, you have like Metabi, you have Brass, like pretty much you you have. Uh, I can't remember what the samurai Metabot is. He's... I don't want to keep calling him the Samuroid because I... that's a Flash thing. But uh... he's a. Um... I mean, he's a different beetle metal. He's the same as Rakusho. So it's that, like, the lines aren't completely straight, but it feels like it's a nation comprised of mostly one, like, metal type. But there are other metal types, and then they just formed a nation and they fight other nations. Yeah. But also there's, like, there's a, there's, and, you know, if this is different in the sub, like, uh, you know, totally, but at least, like, as far as just looking at the visuals that we're seeing and, like, the ways that they kind of, like, localize what's going on in the past, it does kind of feel like, yeah, like, um, you know, this, this, this sam, the samurai metabot might be the same metal as Rakusho and might technically have allegiance to Rakusho's, like, nation, but it almost feels like the, the wars that are going on, the battles that are happening are ceremonial, even if they are, like, a total war situation. 
Um, that makes sense that like, yes, Metabi is being sworn in as the, as the, the general of the dynastic beetle army who will go to war with the other nations because they're striving for some kind of a perfection through battle that all of these nations have kind of like agreed to, to go in on. And it does kind of dovetail with this idea that like this, this previous civilization like falls via warfare. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, this is uh, a lot deeper than I thought Metabots was going to be. It's good. It's yeah. good. This is like some fucking Eureka 7 bullshit I was not expecting to happen. Well, I was kind of expecting to happen, but like, it's good. Uh, but then we go, and it's, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to go ahead. No, no, we're going to uh, keep going. One, one last thing, and then we could go back to the present yeah. day. I do have a note that in this whole sequence where Metabi is being knighted, I think the thing that I want to kind of land on as the name that i think the dub is trying to use is cuomo or cumo <laughs> i heard keo but uh i also didn't listen to the dub's words as much i was mostly just focusing on the differences yeah. in lore and stuff i only listened to it once so you know whatever but i did i do distinctly i was distinctly hearing an m sound in there but you, you might know. be right yeah i also didn't have closed captioning turned on so who knows uh but <laughs> we are rocketed back to the present we're in the arena b and war bandit are in a dream state according to dr medieval and the uh, rubber robos are immediately like oh cool we finally succeeded it's time to steer steal all the rare metals that we can but uh medieval tells him no you don't need to do that um it's that won't help my plans at all and in fact i'm going to fire you i'm firing <laughs> All of the rubber robos, um, and uh, he in fact sends them into a black hole and replaces them with teddy bears. So um, it's a bit different in the sub. <laughs> uh, so they're like, "Great, now we can you know take over the world." And he's like, "Oh no, no, you're misunderstanding. You're not taking over the world. Taking over the world means having to take care of billions of people. I'm not up for any of that." And they're like, "Weren't you constantly talking about world domination?" He goes, "Oh, I was just lying." Even the name, the Rubber Robo Game. I only gave you this evil secret society sounding name so you'd swear loyal to me. To me, <laughs> and they're like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, no, you guys are garbage." And Cecil like, screams, "Give us back our dreams! Give us back our youth!" This is such a huge difference, considering yeah. everything about these two episodes. Uh yeah, um, these differences, you know keep going but my favorite thing is sea slugs mad because his dreams and youth were stolen from him yeah he could have been with miss caviar this entire time and not been evil well i um hmm. we'll see about that uh but yeah like he does he, he did waste his his time on somebody who who never was expected was never planning on keeping his service mm -hmm. which is pretty fucked up uh and also capitalism, you know, baby yeah, uh, I Dr. gave you my dreams, proceeds. my youth, and and then what? <laughs> oh, you threw me away because yeah. you were lying the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it's just a job, sea slug. <laughs> uh, Doctor Medieval then proceeds to open up uh, black holes underneath everybody. Miss Caviar gets sucked into one, uh, but everybody else manages to kind of like dodge out of them, either on their own merit or with the help of their metabots. And uh, this is when we find out that uh, Dr. Medieval sees himself as a metabot because he is a true cyborg. He has replaced all fleshy components of himself, and he is the same as a metabot, at least in the sub. Uh, I don't know, if, or in the dub. I don't know if the sub is, has anything else to say regarding this in this scene. So um, the language used is uh, different. 
he he calls himself um, descendants of the ancient race, the Medallians, which I know they have okay. a different name in the uh, dub. Yeah, the Metabots is what they call them. <laughs> Toward the, at least in the end of the second episode, I know they call them Metalorians. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> We're not doing Star Wars jokes. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't say that um, he he doesn't say that he uh, replaced his body at all. He just mentions that he has metal body parts, but he never okay. hints at whether or not he's human who became a cyborg or not, which is a weird sticking point that you know becomes a big plot point later. <laughs> but um, weird how cagey they are about it, and it makes sense why the dub is a little more explicit about it. That's yeah. that's how the dub tends to handle some of the more confusing bits of Metabot lore. You know, the, the 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 localizers, they watch Gundam, they know that subtext is for chumps, and you just need to put it right on the page. <laughs> you know, this this series ending really is just War is Bad, Wow, Cool Robots. It is. Because we immediately cut over to, back in time, Meta-V is leading an army of other Meta-Vs against a, an army of Rakushos led by Rakusho. Metavi makes the comment of like, oh, wow, is that Rakusho? Somebody calls them, again, I've got a new name here, Kiyomu? Uh, <laughs> and uh, eventually, just like, in a, you know, we kind of, like, I didn't look at the production credits for this episode. I really want to, before we do the wrap-up, um, mm-hmm. just because of uh, some certain things we're going to get to. Uh, but, you know, they're... Especially kind of like these flashback battle moments, again, harken back to um, the Gurren Lagann, like, Studio Trigger influences we saw in the one Ninja Land episode that I feel like probably they brought him in to do these kind of, like, flashback battle sequences and, like, be, like, the kind of, like, unit director of, like, okay, cool, we've got to we've got to finish this fucking show up, we need a whole bunch of footage that does this thing, and we can kind of hand it off to this, this person that we trust to do that, and I feel like the... You know, being able to say, like, all right, we also know this person has a distinctive style. We can let them lean into that, Mm -hmm. and it'll help, like, prop up the kind of, like, chaotic, like, feel of these flashback uh, uh, pieces. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They brought on, like, multiple teams. They had to have. Like, the the just animation of these last two episodes is just – Metabots is a good-looking show. Like – it is <laughs> almost every episode. It has at least a few pieces that were just like, "Wow, that's that looks great." But um, these two episodes, it's just phenomenal. The the flashback sequences, a lot of, more of the like the jokey animation stuff, like it's all really fluid and like well detailed. Um, I, I mean, I guess the whole budget was going to be gone after these two episodes. You might as well spend it. But they yeah. they worked hard, and it God, those battle scenes are so good. Um, and also, like, that's that's a smart way to spend your budget is, like, knowing, well, you know, we're going to have some slice-of-life episodes between, like, season uh, season start and season end. You know, we have ways that we can kind of, like, you know, save money. Mm-hmm. Let's save it for, like, the big story points in the finale that we want to do. So, like, yeah, like, this, it, it all makes sense. This is a smart way to do this. Uh, Chidori had an affair with Victor in order to save money for the final two episodes. She did. She really did. Uh, and, you know, Mr. Tenryo earns his shit back in these two episodes, yeah, he let me tell you. Um, <laughs> God. Uh, so I, I went through this uh, battle with the Rakushos and the um, KBT types, and, like, I was seeing all the 
because it's not just Rikusho and it's not just Metapy. Just copy pasted a bunch. There's a bunch yeah. of different KWG types and KBD types, and it looks really cool. Like <laughs> we get, I, I've I've sent you like twenty different KWGs and KBTs in the last couple of weeks, yeah. pictures of them, and we see different models that I haven't seen before, and then I, I haven't shown you. Like real cool. Um, uh, I'm I need to go sure back. They probably like basically let every single animator in the studio be like hey listen does like give us like a quick turnaround of just a design and we will put it in this sequence uh i guarantee it. i mean how great of an idea is that though what do you think metabee should have looked like drum yeah <laughs> i mean that's um not not to get off topic but like that was uh a big part of uh, what makes Zeta Gundam's design so crazy is a similar thing where it's like, you know, this was the first sequel to a Gundam. Like, this mm-hmm. is what this is the show that made Gundam into a franchise instead of just a one-off show. And, like, they had an internal competition with all of the animators to design the Zeta Gundam. And if your design didn't end up, like, being the Zeta Gundam, then it still got used for a different mobile suit in the show, which was really fucking cool and made, like... Like, Zeta Gundam has wild-ass mechanical design in it for that exact reason. <laughs> oh, uh, th- that's good to know. Um, we're going to get into a lot of Gundam talk these two episodes. We are. <laughs> well, we're just going to get into a lot of talk, because there's just a lot of shit going on in these episodes. Uh, we, uh, oh man, um, where the fuck are we? We cut back to, I guess, the well, Metabot civilization ultimately becomes consumed in war? Yeah, because it's that's the evolution that it, it was trying to go under, and we just have Meta B and War Bandit facing off on top of one of these grand crystal pillars that we've come to know and love. Um, and it kind of seems like the thing that they're telegraphing is that the uh, the the ultimate fight to determine the best evolution of Metabot resulted in a conflict that created a 10 days of darkness situation that just made all of Metabot society crumble. So um, we get a slightly different background in the sub. The Medallions were originally a primitive human-like race, and uh, they were very aggressive and destined to fight forever. Uh, first okay. with bare hands, then with rocks, and then like they just keep listing increasing weaponry. And then, um, yeah, they just increased in technology over the years, and eventually um, they replaced their bodies uh, to become better weapons. And uh, such an evolution destroyed the world. That's, like, I'm so torn on this because, like, this makes more sense as far as the world building we're going to get over these two episodes as to mm-hmm. why, because, like, we, we find out that metals weren't originally a thing with this civilization Mm -hmm. and that metals were a way that they stored their consciousness to live on to another date where maybe they could live on in peace um which makes more sense with this idea that they are you know a generic humanoid culture or or organic culture that ultimately turns themselves into cyborgs and robots in this pursuit of perfection through warfare or whatever um but also i don't know like that's really fucked up. That's yeah. really fucked up for a children's show. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Colin, Metabots is good. Turns out Metabots is very good. Like, we'll, we'll get into this next episode during the wrap-up. I'm, I'm going to bet. Um, but, like, remember when we just watched the show because it was, like, a silly little cartoon? <laughs> there's, there's a thing that I can't shake through this through both of these episodes. 
Uh, they were like, have you ever watched um this this anime called uh Gar- Gargantia on Verdant Planet or whatever? Absolutely not. Uh, animes uh, for nerds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, Gargantia is basically like, what if Waterworld was a mecha show? Um, and it's by Urobochi Gen, who's like, you know, the the well known guy who did like, um, uh, uh, fucking, um, uh, Madoka and Fate Zero and a bunch of other original stuff that I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote Bacano and I, I'm pretty sure he also wrote the novels for, um, uh, uh, can't remember the name of it. So like, whatever. Um, but yeah, like, like great author is like very like maligned for like how either he's like all in on weird, dumb, tropey pulp shit, or we'll just like do a thing, phone it in and make it dark for no reason. And Gargantia is a little bit of both because it's very, it's very much this pulpy. What if Gundam was Waterworld until, uh, you have like probably three quarters of the way in this like episode that is mostly like uh, the main characters doing a salvage mission and finding um, a found footage archive, which then mm-hmm. explains the backstory of the entire show. Similarly, in the way that this episode is explaining the backstory of Metabots and in Gargantia, it feels really cheap um, because like the things kind of connect, but it mostly seems it's a, it's such a huge tonal shift. Uh, that it seems dark for darkness sake. And there's just something about the way that they're deploying this backstory where even though it is, we're getting dumped with a shit ton of information and there is a very dark component to it. There is still a way in which it like intersects with the themes that we've had of the show for the whole time. Mm -hmm. And the way that Mm -hmm. the, the backstory then reintegrates into the narrative for, for the current day. And like, the way that it connects with all of these other kind of little mystery bits we've had in the show all the way up to this point that feels like earned and good in a way that's like just good. Like this is just, this is how you should do a, a a really weird like exposition drop where you reveal a bunch of mysterious backstory components that tie everything back together. Yeah. This is like, it's masterful. (laughs) Like this should be a template somewhere. If you want to do this kind of thing, Follow Metabot's lead, which is wild to say. But I mean, um, it's like, it, wow, uh, yeah, it's yeah. I know we we have continually pointed towards the fact that the people who made Metabots go on to leave uh, whatever company this is to like become the backbone of production IG and make the second season of Standalone Complex. Um, and I've recently come to the opinion that probably Standalone Complex is not like the second season is not nearly as good as the first season. But, you know, these people know how to structure a story, and I really can't fault them for that. Uh, like, they, these, are, these are skilled animators and skilled storytellers. <laughs> sometimes, when you, when you make art the first time, everything else is just derivative, and you just don't have as yeah. much heart to put into it. They already made Metabots. What more do people want? They already talked about the perfect combination of soul and machine and how to traverse that. Like... Yeah. And that part, like, Ghost in the Shell is just derivative. We are supposed to get a new, um, uh, we're supposed to get a a Ghost in the Shell, oh, excuse me, burping so much, um, we are supposed to get a Ghost in the Shell Arise movie that's supposed to tie up that whole timeline, because, like, you had the Ghost in the Shell Arise timeline and the, the 2046 timeline that I guess nobody likes or whatever, uh, and they're, I guess they're trying to, like, tie 
a rise up of the movie to do something else with it. And man, if the Arise movie is just Metabots, sign me up. Yeah. I'll buy 20 copies. <laughs> I'm here's hoping it's Metabots. Yeah. Um but yeah, we go back to the present timeline. Um, which is where, uh, oh, you know, I'm sorry, with the hold con- on. Um, yeah? before we go back to the present, so there's a big explosion. Yes. When they're fighting on top of the rocks, because that's the last thing we actually talked about in the show. Um, yes. <laughs> we get some more scenes after that. Oh, tell me of your Japanese only scenes, Mitch. <laughs> Metabi is walking around the wreckage of the world and finds brass and cradles her get, dead body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, we we get that. I feel like they move that to a different part of the dub episode because we still get that. Okay, that is still like a that. Yeah, that's still used. It's. I think it's just moved to a different part. Uh. But yeah, he cradles her dead body and like weeps, and then like we cut to it again later. But like, whoa! <laughs> and I never shipped Meta B and Brass because Brass deserves better. But in the past, maybe I mean there was something there. Yeah, and and also, like, this kind of, like, uh, you know, putting Brass in this place of importance, like, really kind of, like, Brass gets, kind of gets short shrift because she isn't a metabot that battles, mm-hmm. but it's stuff like this and, like, other things that happen in these episodes that really lend credence to the fact that, like, no, the show does view her as important. Mm-hmm. She's important in a part of society that isn't the focus of the show, but it still acknowledges that she's important. And I feel like that's a key point of this, that, like, you know, Meta B is the battle Metabot. And the fact that, like, the touchstone for the loss of, of civilization, of peaceful society, is, like, Meta B cradling Brass's dead body mm-hmm. is, like, so important Especially since to me. Brass in this uh, series represents, um, like, culture, almost. Yeah. Um, not just because, you know, her dress is indicative of the culture she's in, but, like... She's a journalist. She is chronicling, like, culture as she sees it in history and, like, life. And, like, to have her die, like, symbolically, that's important. And then later on, we're going to get to it, she says a line that I'm just like, yes, yes, that is the brass that we know and love. Yeah. Well, like, this show is... Metabots is good. Metabots is good. Uh... But yeah, okay. Uh, we'll we'll talk about you stupid yeah. humans for a few minutes, whatever. Yeah. We cut back to the we cut back to the, the main timeline. Uh Dr. Meta Evil is explaining uh that the the Metabots destroyed their own civilization seeking perfection. Uh and when they realized that, secured their personalities into the metals so they could return one day. Um mm-hmm. uh Icky and the gang says that that's why they're friends now. Uh, they 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 want to live peacefully with Metabots, but uh, Doctor Metavivil uh, says that uh, Metabots are simply slaves to them. That's what he's trying to say: is that you know, uh, you know, you like he refuses to believe that there is a there can be a reciprocal relationship between humans and Metabots, and only can see one in control of the other, and that's why he's doing what he's going to do. Uh, which is when Victor picks up a fucking sword out of nowhere and is like. I don't believe in this. I'm Victor. I think Metabots are tools. I'm going to charge at you and cut you in half with this sword and just fly straight into a fucking force field. <laughs> good. I mean, I've really warmed up to Victor. Like, Victor's a pretty good character, actually. Yeah. Um, we get, once once we they give him more than Victor three lines, <laughs> uh, Victor became good. Um, yeah. But other than that, like, um, so we get, you know, our ancestors abandoned their physical bodies. 
choosing to seal their spirit inside metals uh, so that life could be born again on this planet. What if they gradually turned into a wasteland? You lonely humans are just invaders that took over while we laid dormant in our metals. And they keep bringing up the fact that humans are invaders. Now, yeah. are humans aliens? <laughs> I I think the, the dub stance is no. But yeah. I think there's a lot of gray area here that we're uh, going to get into. Uh, gray. I get it. Um, no. <laughs> so multiple times um, they refer to it as this planet, both for the medallions and humans. And it's, are you guys referring to this planet as Earth? And it's like, this is our... They keep saying when we came to this planet for both races. And I'm like, is everyone an alien? They, they, this is, uh, they do mention this once in the dub. I didn't note down the actual scene that it's in mm-hmm. because it was like, uh, you know, this will come. I know this will come up. I don't think it's really important for the scene that it's happening in to like bring it up then, but yeah. I do want to bring it up at some point. But um, there is a specific point in the dub which is the only thing that kind of points towards this other than the big reveal that we're going to get to. Uh, mm-hmm. But they do explicitly say that uh, the Metabots have some kind of galactic civilization. Mm. Um, and and it, like the dub in the scene where they explicitly say that do kind of imply that like that galactic civilization ended because of conflict here on Earth. Okay, we do not get that in the uh, sub at all. Um, mostly, I needed to know, because I needed to know if the cat was also an alien. Which, I mean, it sounds I, like I was right. The cat is a we're cyborg get alien. We're, we're going to get there. I don't want to pat you on the back too much right now, but we will get there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the entire time I'm watching this episode, and they bring up there might be aliens, as opposed to just like an indigenous like Earth race. I was like... Yeah. Oh, oh. Am I right? <laughs> uh, well, Mitch, um, what we do have is we do have a squad of fighter jets that are moving in on the Rubber Robo Flying Saucer. Um, and they're about to unleash hell and just blanket it with missiles before a certain pilot sees that there's thousands of people clinging to the outside of the ship. And he removes his gas mask, his little respirator. And who is it, Mitch? It's Icky's dad. But it's dad. Mr. Tenryo. Yeah. <laughs> and he even sees and recognizes Chidori as he calls out uh and and you know fucking the the fucking rubber robo shoot ship shoots at a laser destroying several of the ships including Mr. Tenryo and he has to eject from his plane. Um the scene plays out very differently in the sub and I <laughs> I don't mean to point out all the differences but like this is real big. So the Select Corp as they fly forward they want to all abandon their post and quit. And they say, we're not doing this. We don't have the metabots to fight and die for us. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. And then uh, we hear Mr. Tenryo's voice over the radio. because we signed up for this to save and protect the world. This is what adults do. And that, Hell yeah. that line like comes up multiple times in the show. Like, what it means to be an adult. That is a very Gundam-ass line. <laughs> and then, yeah, Mr. Tenryo's like, airplane gets shot. He doesn't eject. <laughs> he doesn't say he ejects. He just, we're supposed to believe he dies. Oh, no. And then, like, it plays like a somber sound as he gets shot. Oh, uh, Mr. Just... Tenryo, you died as you lived getting cucked. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Tenryo died as he lived. 
off screen. Uh, Icky will have a little sibling at some point in the next nine months. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, uh, half Kenyan sibling. Yes. <sighs> um, so this is when we cut back into inside of the um, the arena. Uh, the Phantom Thief Retort knows how to fix everything. They have to destroy the rare metals. Um, once they've destroyed the rare metals, it'll stop the resonance, and this whole situation will end. Uh, he's done it once, and he'll do it again, is what he says. Which is, you know, how we how we know how he stopped the Ten Days of Darkness, which really like underlines the reason that. You know, uh, fucking Joe and Patra have been so hard on him for not wanting to show his face, and now we know why he d- he doesn't want to show his face, and that's because that uh, you know, Arc Beetle's metal isn't the same metal as the Meta B that he had back then. He destroyed that metal to end the Ten Days of Darkness, and that's why he doesn't show his face anymore. And Jesus Christ, the fact that like this is so well written to mm-hmm. have that be a thing that is implied but so well written to make it so clearly the way that you have to interpret the events oh um it's not subtext in the sub oh no (laughs) and it's different wait on me he goes um in order to stop this you have to destroy the metal and kill the metabot and he's like you didn't he goes that's what i did i i had no other choice it took me 10 days to steal myself and steal my determination. And because of that hesitation, the world fell into chaos. And like like he's like saying this in almost a sobbing voice. The metal my arc beetle contains now was regenerated from the fragments of that metal. But his heart, it never returned. My meta bee, the one who fought by me until that day, was gone forever. I'm openly weeping. And then that is Joe goes, Why didn't you tell us this? Why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you share this? And he goes, my heart was too shaken by what had happened to speak of it ever again. And I'm just oh like, my God. this is the best goddamn show. That's why he, everything, that's why everything in this show happened. He loved his friend. He let the world be destroyed for 10 days because he couldn't kill his best friend. This is so good. And then he did it. And he's like, I'm going to rebuild him. I have to fix him. He goes to Dr. Aki. I, I, they don't say this, but like, he was Dr. Acti's assistant. He went to Dr. Yeah. Acti to get that metal fixed, which is something they have been working on. He got the metal fixed and the soul never came back. That's why Arc Beetle in the sub doesn't speak because he's not a person. He's the shell of a person. It's it's why yeah, and like it's it's why that Henry can excuse me, Hikaru can never possibly like enter into like meta battles ever again why he has to have this arm's length away because like he has seen the absolute worst thing that it can happen to your best friend it, like meta god like this is so this is good, good. <laughs> yeah. and then so he's saying this and like everyone's looking sad and like getting ready to cry and then victor stands up and goes even now you preach love and friendship with metabots if it's to prove yeah. such a tragedy i'll gladly kill warbonnet myself and then he walks yeah. up with his sword to stab warbonnet and he goes, Warbonnet, thank you for your hard work up to now. And then just goes to stab him. In the dub, he literally says, it's nothing personal. <laughs> nothing personnel, kid. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's, at the last minute, is thrown out of the way because Icky pushes him out of the way. Uh, and says that you can't do this. You can't treat your best friend like this. And grabs Metabi as a show of solidarity and is enveloped in light. Uh, because 
you know, Icky is uh, finds himself back on the fields of destruction that Metabee's dream is in. Um, <laughs> he just goes, yeah, but he says it. And he's like, you know, I believe in Metabee. It's only right that I believe in my friend. Yeah. And then, yeah, he touches Metabee and they go, oh, the brat's consciousness was so aligned with the metal's frequency. He was sucked into the memories of Metabee's past. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. Damn. Uh, this is also when Dr. Medieval act like fully activates all the metabots to take back the world. And this is where we see all the metabots get red eyes um, and uh, start you know, squatting up to start killing all humans. Um, um, Pepper Cat goes, I see it. The city, it's burning. Yeah. Crosser Dog, I'm sure of it. This was our city. And then St. Nurse gets a like a slow zoom in and goes long before humanity arrived. Our civilization appeared like so. Rakusho, we didn't forget. We simply sealed away the memories. What? <laughs> yeah, no, it's hardcore. Like it's this is the real shit. Uh, God, God, this this show is very good. Yeah, uh, which is when we get. Uh, this is when they cut in the shots of of Metabee holding Brass's corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, as they then quickly cut to Icky coming upon you know. The normal scene of V underneath of his favorite tree, where he is holding Brass's corpse. Um, and Icky's trying to convince him to come back, but Metabee keeps saying that he can't leave his favorite tree. Well, it's very clearly that he's talking about the, you know, the fact that he's holding on to Brass. He can't leave Brass. Um, and uh, this is when, uh, you know, In- Icky punches him out of it. Uh he says, you know, he, he punches out Metabee. He says you have to fight. Like, he can't force Metabee uh, to do this. Uh, so if Metabee isn't ready, he's he's got to leave him. You know, uh, he'll leave Metabee in this paradise to live out his memories. And he'll take up backgammon uh, and go back <laughs> in the future to try and fix things the best, best way he can. <laughs> um, so Icky walks up. And before he talks, Metabee, like, you can hear, like, the like the wavering voice he goes i don't have any place to go back to i don't want to fight anymore i don't want to lose the people i care about anymore yeah and icky he's like but what about everyone what about what about what we built he goes you you don't understand what i've gone through you don't understand the pain that i suffer like and icky's like you're right i don't could you make me understand he goes no the pain is too great for me to bear alone and i don't want to share it so Icky apologizes for making Metabee go through such painful things and cries and runs off. To which Metabee goes, wait, hold on. Does he think he made me fight against my will? And then he starts screaming. Hey, idiot, I'm not your property. I never once thought of you as a master. You and I were friends the whole time. It's so good. And like then, in the dub, he like explicitly like yells out that he can never turn his back on his friend, and like they like they go and they hug, nope. they hug, and it's so good. Wrong. <laughs> he they do not hug. Oh, Icky runs for a crying hug, and then eh, last second it's a crying drop kick to the face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and and then they hug, and then like they weep. Uh, well, this is where we get the mysterious man who shows up. The mysterious man who mysteriously looks like Dr. Hushi, uh, who talks about how bugs have no friends. Uh, they live solitary lives in fear. Uh, 
and it's it's only through like and and like there's we see this glowing golden dynastid beetle mm-hmm. that he is like gesturing towards as he's like holding is also radiating golden light and holding a, a big net uh and is talking about how uh the people who rely on closeness and camaraderie will feel the pr- the power of true love and that is how like people can truly succeed in life and that is what we're left with as we fade out well back into the real, real world real quick hold on <laughs> So uh, he's just talking about nature's mechanisms here and blah, blah, blah. But l- I want to talk about that beetle. Because <laughs> you know where that beetle was crawling out of, right? I missed it. It was crawling out of brass. That's, oh, that's no. Brass's soul. No! Brass is truly dead and her soul left her body. And her soul was a beetle. This was this was far, far distant brass, not current brass, though. That's I, the thing that we can hold on to. Uh, well, no, because she died and her soul was this beetle. And then became the metal that our brass uses, right? Oh, okay. I get what you're getting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Because that's what happens. Like, they all turn themselves into the metal. These golden animalistic, like, totems of themselves. God, this show fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> and this is, like, as as the kind of, like, Icky and Metabi and, and Hushi have this kind of, like, conversation... Uh, we return to the real world, and this is where Brass and all of the other Metabots seem to wake up um, and start, you know, like, you know, they, they're back to their normal selves. They have their personalities back. They're not going to start killing people. Like, they're ready to defend their their friends and their loved ones. Um, oh, okay. So yeah. do you think this is in response to Icky being in the dream and, like, awakening Metabee's heart and friendship with humans? Yes, I think it's I think it's a, a couple of different things. I think that like that is the the like the keystone to everything. Mm-hmm. That is the that is the catalyst that changes stuff. I think that the thing that causes the wider wider ripple is what we immediately see after this, where Rakusho mm-hmm. has banded together with all of the rubber robo white swords to start toppling the antennas that the rubber robos built. Um, and I think that's actually what is freeing everybody. Um, so, but I think it's the the catalyst is Icky and Metabi like realizing this fundamental truth about the way that humans and and metabots can can you know come together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I'm sorry it took me until recording this episode to get that because I was focused on the words that were being said. <laughs> uh, Doctor Meta Evil or Doctor Herbecki in the um, the sub says our time of revolution has begun, and then Brass turns and looks and goes revolution. For what exactly? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, that's the brass we know. Asking yes. the right questions. Sure, okay. Yes. Now we remember our past, but like, why does that change anything? Why would we revolt? And then Crosser Dog's like, why rise up against humans? Like, I'm fine with how things are now. And Pepper yeah. Cat's like, I just care about living with my boss. And like, Sam starts crying. Crosser Dog's like the perfect example of this because like in in a uh, a dog eat dog world of of the Metabot civilization, he would have been tossed aside for being a dog Metabot with a monkey mm-hmm. metal who can't quite shoot as well. But it's it's fucking Sloan and and everybody that like and Spike and and Sam that create an environment where like yeah. Crosser Dog can fucking suck shit and still live. Like, he, that's important. This, this is the only world in which he can live the life he wants to live, which is as himself with his friends. 
Yeah. Um, Rakusho says, it's true we existed on this planet long before humans, but that's the extent of it. It's not about which is superior. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is a good television program. Yeah. And this is when Icky and Metabi sh- like, like rise up. They're both awake. They're ready to challenge Dr. Medieval. And Dr. Medieval summons a bunch of medieval metabots with <laughs> missile banks to fire at them, which are thwarted by the protective fields of Karen and Nutra Nurse. Yeah, this is so good. The whole and like the whole crowd deploys their metabots to fight back, too. It's so fucking good. Um, the whole crowd. Uh, Arika screams, 60,000 people are attacking this villain all at yeah. once and cheers. Um, oh, you mean Arika and Brass, who are explicitly covering this for the news? Or we get an explicit thing of, like, Brass holding a, a fucking, like, news camera and Arika with a, with a fucking, you know, a microphone? Like, this is, this is the good shit. This is Arika and Brass doing exactly what we know they should always do while everybody else is out there fighting. This is acknowledging what everybody is good at. It's so fucking good. Well, and this is even more important um, than, like, normal, because eight years ago, no one told the story. No one knew what happened. It just happened one day. Yeah. And then they put in control chips inside of a separate race of robots as opposed to understanding what happened. Yeah. Arika's here to share that so history won't repeat itself. Yeah. Well, phenomenal. Victor charges at Dr. Uh, Medieval and screams, Doctor, grit your teeth, and is just going to punch him in the face. Fucking <laughs> Gurren Logan ass over here. Uh... Look, Victor knows one thing, and it's hurt people bad. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing about this, though, is that, you know, Koji has been cradling Similodon's mm-hmm. lifeless corpse for forever now but it somehow managed to get him back up and running enough uh probably through the love and friendship and energy of loving a boy that you've known for so long that gets Similodon back up and as people are charging uh gets Similodon to use the extreme shadow sword which <laughs> cuts the entire ufo in half <laughs> Yeah, it cuts the UFO in half, and then as they're crashing to the ground, presumably to die, um, they go, was that really necessary? And he's like, sorry, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this is when Victor again charges in to take out Dr. Betty Evil, and just as he's about to kill him, Dr. Betty Evil's forces shoot a bunch of missiles and whatever, and War Bandit charges in at the last minute to take the shots for him. And finally, Victor understands the bond that he has with War Bandit as War Bandit explodes. It's the most touching moment in the fucking world. He goes, I'm sorry I took this from you. I just want you to be safe. And then dies. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, And speaking of dying, Icky's dad's not dead. He's not. He's made it into some fucking Evangelion-ass, like, hovercraft vehicles that are now ready to evacuate all the civilians off of this crashing UFO. No, you said Evangelion. That is one of the, like, the two cornerstones of the next two episodes of this episode. It, it, look, like, they are explicitly, like, the, um, if, if you've watched the first episode of Evangelion and you see the, they're, like, they're hovercrafts, but they're not quite helicopters, they're, like... They they look like kind of like uh if a 
if a if a big like helicopter mm-hmm. that was supposed to hold a lot of people crossed with like the the things that keep a Harrier jet afloat, like that that's the kind of vehicle we're looking at. That weird fantasy sci-fi vehicle. That's not on accident. Because yeah. remember who was one of the lead designers on that show? Oh yeah, yeah. Tensei yeah, yeah. Ukamura. <laughs> he probably drew yeah. that for that show and just goes, Yeah, I'm just gonna draw it again. Oh well, no. This this show is post Evangelion. Yeah, so, that's like, what I'm this saying. Is the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. went to Metabots. He goes. I already perfected the ultimate troop transport. I'm just going to do it again. <laughs> Stop me. Yeah. Oh, oh man, this show is really good, <laughs> and yeah. it, go- it gets better. Yeah, because like fucking Victor's ready to stay behind and go down with the ship to make sure that he can personally kill Doctor Meta Evil, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, we. D- uh, I I do have a note here where they're kind of like the wreckage of the um of the the UFO is flying over top of a big building. At first, I was like, "Oh wait, that's they we've somehow made it to Paris, France. That's the Eiffel Tower." It wasn't until yeah. halfway to the next episode that I was like, "No wait, that's fucking Tokyo Tower, yeah. you idiot." We're uh, in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's to, uh, for for people who don't know, Tokyo Tower is just the Eiffel Tower, but red and white instead. So if it's just lit a certain way, you might not realize that it's not the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Except if you remember, you're in Tokyo, and it's a it's a real easy reminder there. I don't know how long this ship's been flying. It could have been hours. We could be uh, well across the the Asian subcontinent. If, who knows? If we were in France, we'd probably see the Lupin brothers, right? Who knows? Uh, the thing that we do see is as the uh, as the ship crashes, uh, it does release Doctor Medieval's actual final uh, trump card, uh, the giant Metabot, fucking Babby Blue. Uh, it releases a big evil Meta Baby. <laughs> Babby is here. Babby is formed. Um, its name in the sub is Primity Baby. <laughs> So here's the thing. I feel like uh, we're going to have this conversation either now or after we say the next episode's title, so we might as well just have it right now. Um, this design feels like it's in a weird transitionary, transitionary period between a bunch of different things that I can't quite piece together. Um, if you've seen Redline, this fucking thing feels like fucking Funky Boy. It it just it it just it's a big baby with big cheeks. It looks like Funky Boy, and it shoots a big laser out of its mouth. It feels like Funky Boy, but also like uh, there's enough other stuff that I've seen that also like you know there are certain design aesthetics that it shares with big robots that Garlic Junior builds mm-hmm. in Dragon Ball. So it's like I don't I know this fits somewhere in something. And I just haven't watched enough anime to be able to piece it all together now. <laughs> Omni- the baby still got the umbilical cord. This isn't this baby bot isn't even born yet, which is why I th- I think the name Primity Baby. I originally took that as like a, a primitive baby because ancient civilization. I think it's premature baby. Well, yeah, because like the if um like you know if you look up images of this, yeah. this isn't this is a canon metabot. Like this is a metabot that was a part of the the metabots games. Uh, and I don't know, uh, you know, we have not played enough of the Metabots games to know if this is, like, the Mewtwo of the first game or whatever. But it, like, you know, the emphasis on that design is that it's a big head with little wings and a big trailing umbilical cord. So, like, I feel like the design aesthetic of the original Metabot didn't carry through to the show. 
but like they very clearly had an idea of what this thing was supposed mm-hmm. to be. And I, I feel like, you know, thinking of it as a premature baby is like what you're supposed to take away from this metabot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, we're let's not unpack all the symbolism here necessarily because <laughs> there's a lot. Um, okay. Yeah. So we're, we're onto the, the final, the pin, the, the ultimate episode of season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meta B's last stand, or uh, the final episode, the world's biggest row battle. Uh, you know, baby is here. Um, uh, it's time for big row battle. Uh, so Mitch, baby's here. Baby is here. And baby it, is here. It's a big event. Whenever baby, it is. I wish we would have known ahead of time. Um, to you know, get the baby shower ready instead of a bunch <laughs> of guns. But well, it's okay because the baby's being showered with air pateras. Uh, who Can't are going to fire missiles at it. Cannot forget the hard P in Patera. The hard P in Patera is so important, just like the hard B in Babby Blue. <laughs> God, this episode just gets better with every passing second. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Dr. Meta Evil is confused about why the other Metabots aren't aligning with him and uh, Babby Blue. Uh, he doesn't understand why, why his plan isn't working, but, um, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be okay. Uh, we cut to kind of the, uh, the wreckage around Tokyo. Uh, Mr. Referee is, is ready to run away. He can't believe he's been an unwitting tool of Dr. Medieval and he's ready, ready to give it all up, but he's stopped by a familiar voice, the familiar voice of chicken seller. Well, canonically they're friends, right? They are friends. So it's good that Chicken Seller is stopping Mr. Reverie to tell him the very important quote of, there are two types of grown-ups in this world. Those who haven't known failure and those who won't let failure stop them from trying again. And he urges Mr. Referee to get back out there and make sure that he represents the code of honor that these children need to live up to to save the world. So um, the speech is slightly different in the um, sub. <laughs> and... Uh... he's like there's two types of people in the world those who take responsibility and those who try to which i mean pretty good and then that's also good yeah mr ref goes well apparently you haven't talked to a lot of adults then (laughs) and then he goes those aren't adults those are just brats who grew up (laughs) and then mr referee looks shaken to his core (laughs) which i'm not sure why but okay and then yeah he explains you know you have to go you have to uphold this he goes it was. It's not just your duty; it's your love to like referee these row battles. Go out there and show them what you're made of. And he <laughs> runs off. And I'm like, yes, yes, chicken seller. Last time we yeah. saw him, he was smoking. <laughs> so it's nice to see him be wholesome once again. Oh man, uh, and it's good. It is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We. We, we come back on everybody is firing on baby blue or excuse me, babby blue. Um, but it's just like that everything they're doing isn't dealing any damage. Uh, you know, uh, meta seeker missiles aren't doing anything. Uh, uh, arc beetles, uh, you know, uh, crossfire isn't doing anything like that. And that's where Aki calls for a tactical retreat and kind of drags everybody off screen. Um, which is when, uh, Aki calls into Baton, our good parrot robot friend. Remember Baton? Uh, yeah, uh, our good friend Baton uh, at the Metabots Corporation because it's time to reveal their secret weapon, the thing that Aki has been secretly working on the entire time. And the Metabots Corporation building opens <laughs> to reveal a giant Meta Bee. 
So um, the the building opens, and he's like, it's time to activate Plan G. And then we see it. And then Riki goes, do you ever do any real work? <laughs> Valid. <laughs> but yeah, we, we got a giant meta bee who's got a big G on his crotch. And I'm like, yes, yes, all right, yes, a giant robot fight. A giant yeah. robot meta bee who's going to presumably punch a giant metal baby. Yeah. <laughs> now, Colin, do you think some of this show is about how Iggy's afraid of having that little brother his mom so desperately wants? No. Okay. I don't think I don't think Iggy's afraid about that at all. Uh, which is why he's so gung ho about getting Meta B into this fucking transporter beam that sucks Meta B into Meta G, uh, which is the the giant body that he's gonna command. Uh, God. And C- Colin, I say this a lot. This is Gundam. This it is, is G this Gundam. Is, yeah, that, like like Meta B explicitly has like a G gun. Like he has like a, a helmet that comes down on top of his head, but it's pretty much in a G Gundam style well, like controller cockpit for Meta G. Uh, it's because he can't be in a neoprene bodysuit because those are the symbol of the bad guys. So they have to do the yeah. thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is Gundam. Yeah, it is. Uh, and we do find out that uh, Meta G is powered by Meta B's rare metal. That's what it's designed for. Uh, and uh, in order for Icky to have a strong enough signal to uh, like help command Meta B for Meta B to control Meta G, he needs a bigger. He needs a bigger Meta watch. He needs a Meta watch that's a championship wrestling belt. <laughs> a big boy needs a big watch. Now, yeah. do we need a bigger podcast because of it? No. <laughs> This podcast is already going to be like three hours long, Mitch. Don't make it longer than it needs to be. Well, I mean, I did put that tweet out there about, you know, for every like we get, we added a couple extra hours. (laughs) So MetaG doesn't quite activate because B doesn't actually have enough power to activate it is the is the problem. And uh, Babby Blue moves in and pushes over MetaG, which then collapses into the surrounding buildings in a way that, as we see MetaG kind of like collapsed on on its backer side, makes it seem like it's maybe nine or ten times as tall as it should be, because it was definitely as tall as most skyscrapers when it was revealed. But when it's knocked over, it's like probably, you know... 10 or 20 times the length that it normally was. <laughs> well, the Metabot Corporation building was the biggest building in Tokyo. That's true. So these might be small skyscrapers, you know. Yeah. A Midwestern skyscraper as opposed to a New York yeah. skyscraper. And here, but, you know, uh, this is when Aki comes in and says that they might need multiple metals, especially rare metals, to help power the whole Meta-G suit, um, which is when he uh, offers up the philosophy that I guess we didn't know we were following the entire time. And that's more Metabots, more power. I mean, it's right there, the the song. Yeah. Um, he just goes, well, likely I, I added some extra stuff to it. <laughs> and Like, that's as much as he talks about. And then we see, yeah. you know, there's, there's slots for everyone to go into the arms and legs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Sam explicitly tells the screws they need to fucking, you know, uh, choke up and, and, and help out. Brass says that she'll get in there. Uh, she can't let Meta B fight on his own. Like, basically, like, we get it, we get the whole main crew, you know, uh, uh, fucking, uh, uh, Karen, uh, uh, everybody's, like, coming in on here. And we do get a really good treat, Mitch, 
we finally get Kantaroth with some speaking lines, and Kantaroth's VA has the smoothest voice I've heard in my entire fucking life. <laughs> it's good. Um, Kantaroth yeah. only says, you know, I'll be his right arm. Yeah. Okay. Um, my favorite line uh, from this part is, so uh, Sam tells the two screws to go do it. Uh, then she realized they need more people. Uh, then Peppercat's like, boss? And she goes, fine, go. We can't trust this to them now, can we? They'll mess it up. <laughs> but yeah, Perfect. even fate of the world, Sam's like, Peppercat, don't go. I don't want you getting hurt. <laughs> like, real good. Yeah. The very opposite of, like, uh, Arika and Brass, where, like, Arika, Arika doesn't want Brass to fight because, like, Arika knows that Brass's life is not fighting, whereas, like, Sam knows that Peppercat is a fighting machine but wants to preserve her as much as possible because Sam, like, respects the, the like, amount that Peppercat risks when she goes into battle. And it's like, it's, it's good to see all of these like different people with different perspectives, like coming to the conclusion of no, we've got to get in meta G. We've got to help meta B fight this giant fucking baby. Uh, Sam is a little overprotective because that's what she knows. Yeah. Her mom is a little overprotective. It's real good. It's real sweet. I yeah. love it. Yeah. But we get uh we get what Cantaroth in the right in the right arm we get Simone on the left arm we get um uh fucking Peppercat Nutri Nurse and Brass in the chest mm-hmm. uh you know Power Ranger style and Metagi rises up ready for battle and Mitch what do we get do we get a Batman symbol of Mister Referee because he is here <laughs> he is here to referee this match he is here to see off the greatest meta battle to ever happen and the signal is in the shape of a hexagon and then it yeah. has mr referee just standing hands on his hips as the symbol because it's basically just mr referee standing in front of a hexagonal like you know spotlight uh. it's so goddamn good and he goes striking an opponent before they started moving is an infraction I will not let such behavior fly. And then he calls the fight. Yeah. It is time to row battle. And it's just, God, what a good show. Uh, so here's the bad part. Babby Blue's force field is so strong that it completely absorbs uh, uh, Giant Bee's laser cannon. And Giant Bee fires off a rocket fist that just <laughs> is completely absorbed by it, too. Um, we we cut to the kids in Aki. And Icky's like, what the hell was that? That's not even a KB type move in the first place. And Aki screams, you fool. Rocket fists are what giant robots are all about. Uh, in the dub, instead we get, okay, well, can we get another fist to, like, like you know, uh, put on him? And uh, Aki's like, no, Met- Metagy is environmentally friendly. He only has the one fist. We've got to reuse, re- uh, 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 reuse, reuse, and recycle. Uh, so, like, you know, you've got to get that arm back on there. <laughs> Which I'm sure you really appreciate. Yeah. When's the next Climate Talks episode going to be about your giant robot fists? Um, when I can get, uh, fucking, uh, Yoshiki Tomino to come on, uh. <laughs> All right, I'll start writing the emails now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, um, Metabi, uh, does fire the Seeker missiles out of Metagy, uh, but it's still not enough to penetrate, uh, Babby Blue's force field. Um, and that's when, uh, uh, you know, we see Babby Blue's kiss, 
Uh, and Baby Blue fires a big blue beam that knocks Betaji back and uh, knocks uh, their seeker missiles completely offline, um, which leaves us with, you know, we're in a losing state. What's going to happen? Well, Icky's going to climb up the side of this giant robot <laughs> to try and give Betaji a pep talk. It's real good. Um, so the baby's been quiet this entire time. It hasn't made a single sound until it fires its laser. And it goes, as it doesn't, other than that, it, has, it doesn't make a single sound the entire episode. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, just like the priests in uh, Age of Empires, it's trying to convert other metabots to its side. So, of course, it'd go, um, so as Iki's climbing up, he's got like, you know, the little metal rung sticking out. Um, and it's just like really neat, um, to see like all these ladders built all over this giant metabi. Even on his face, he's got a ladder leading up to the eyes. Like, I mean, yeah, it makes sense, but God, that's real cool. <laughs> it is. It's an attention to detail that we rarely seen in big robots, especially in kids media like this. Like you would not see these kind of ladders all over a thing that the team rocket team yeah, had created. No, yeah. no um, but like we saw ladders inside the giant metal casing of um, the big robot from end of season one. Yeah. Like. Slash 12 episodes. Ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it makes sense. Yeah. yeah real um, good. But this is, uh, you know, uh, Icky gets up there. Uh, B thinks that Babby Blue is simply too strong to defeat. But this is, you know, Icky's telling him, like, no, we've got we've got so many people to fight for. And this is when Metabi knows uh, just how many people they're supporting because he hears his one true love, Oceana, call out to him because she's come to help out. And so is Natalie with her takoyaki stand. And it's literally everybody from all of the previous previous episodes. We get the old lady who tried to shut down Metabots at school. We get the fucking ankle biters. We get everybody. Miss Mimosa's here. It's so good. <laughs> Obviously the principal. It, yeah. All these roles that haven't gotten any lines in the last couple episodes. Everyone gets a line in this episode. Or at least an appearance. Yeah. And you love it. You love to see it. Uh, this is even when we see Victor still in the kind of like collapsed ruins of the arena, finds War Bandit's metal, sees it glowing as all Metabots begin to glow with the Metaphors. Like as, as Metabi has awakened the, the, the ancient power between, amongst like all of the cloned Metabot, Meta, uh, metals. Mm -hmm. And even he starts to acknowledge like the power that his friend has. And it's, you know, everyone powers the Meta G up, uh, with the Metaphors. And it's just, it's fucking good. It's good. <laughs> uh, so Victor puts the metal inside his Meta Watch and immediately without like a second's hesitation, uh, Warbonnet goes, Victor, I'm so sorry I ended up destroying my body. And he goes, no, you being here is all I need. And I'm like, yeah, that is character growth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, you love it. And then we've shoots a baby. He shoots a baby, breaks through baby blue's force field, but baby blue, babby blue is still standing and hits Metagy back with a fucking huge beam that knocks Metagy down to 99.8% damaged. Mm -hmm. All of his weapons are offline. We're in a bad spot right now, but Metabi says it's not over. He's the only weapon he's ever needed because he has his fighting spirit. Uh, and he basically like forces everybody out of the meta G uh, as he charges into battle alone, uh, and tells Icky that 
Icky has to stay behind to teach the world about how metabots and humans can live in peace, and Metabee has to sacrifice himself to destroy ba- Babby Blue. God, that that is so good. Like he trusts Icky to do this, and Icky historically is a piece of shit. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like that's friendship right there. Um, he's had to work the hardest, so he knows what work has to be done. Yeah. Uh, he goes, look, Icky, if I can teach you the world's worst human being how <laughs> to respect and love a metabot it can't be that hard um yeah. he goes i'm going to restore the world a world where people and metabots are bound together by friendship like ours and then well until metabee dies like the rest of the episode is silent there's no sound even when people are mouthing words okay that's untrue of the dub yeah. of course we got some we got some sick guitar solos playing as uh metabee takes off in the meta g like deploys the big rockets flies off into the air and runs into babby blue and just fucking explodes yeah it, it is silent a deafening yeah. silence it's great uh mr ref declares function ceased and while he openly cries says that metabee wins yeah god God, what a good character. God. And this is when we see Medi- Dr. Medieval is crawling out of some wreckage, saying that he'll come back with an even bigger Metabot, is when a hot boy descends. The hot, the hottest boy, the hot teen we all know and love, Brandon. Brandon, the older brother of some piece of shit that Sam had a crush on for one episode. This hot boy is here, and he laughs and summons a UFO, Mitch. He summons... Just not even like a big kind of a UFO. I'm talking like a we're back, big glowing golden UFO that descends from the sky out of invisibility it, is here. It's It covers the entire sky. Like, there's no end to this UFO. It's just the sky is now the bottom of this spaceship. Um, yes. In the sub, he goes, haven't you had enough? And then Dr. Medieval turns and looks and sees, you know, Brandon standing there in his very, very tight shirt. And he goes, he's so hot. Who are you? <laughs> And he goes, you know, I'm nothing but a passing Metabot fan. And then lifts his arms in a Christ pose. And then down comes the angels. Yeah. Uh, a Another teleporter beam comes down. And who is, who is deposited? But Dr. Hoshi himself. Uh, he reveals that the Metabot civilization ended because it was consumed by war. Uh, and, uh, Dr., you know, Armand, Dr. Medieval, says he was only trying to see to the evolution of Metabots. He wanted to see them removed from slavery. He wanted to aid them in their, uh, in their, you know, in their evolution, which is when the cat, his, the cat, his true boss. Hold on real quick before we get to the best part of the show. Yeah. So he goes, Sir Becky, have you ever considered why the metabot civilization ended he goes no (laughs) (laughs) he goes it's because they're obsessed with fighting uh they focus so much on growing stronger and stronger that they reached their limit they couldn't evolve anymore and following nature's mechanism a species that stops evolving is bound to perish yeah so he goes they fought too hard they got too good and then they died suck it yeah and then which is I just love the, have you considered why they all died out? He's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why would he? Uh, (laughs) Well, well, we know why not, because he was being pushed on by a certain, by the true antagonist of the show, the purple cat, who says, oh my God, 
<laughs> this is the best goddamn television program. So the cat tells Armand that it's okay, it's fine, we can move on. And also, my name is Michael. My <laughs> name is Michael the cat, and uh, Metabots simply don't want to rule the Earth, and that's a thing that we need to accept. And also, my name is Michael, and I'm an alien cat. Uh, and Michael releases his head from this kind of, uh, <laughs> this mechanism that I assume is allowing him to interface with Metabots and humans, and ejects a, ejects a metal, and he returns to Hoshi and flies up into the fucking UFO, because the cat is an alien, Mitch, you were right! Okay. Mitch, you were right about the cat who is a fucking alien and his name is Michael. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know if that's what happens. I want to take this. I want to take this as a win. Because if I could, uh, you know, months ago go, oh, the cat's a bad guy and also an alien. <laughs> and have called What else shot. could he be, Mitch? What else could he be? <laughs> so uh, he goes, so it appears I was the only one who wanted to see that world return. Thank you for sticking by me so long. And... It turns out, at least from my understanding, that the doctor wasn't actually a medallion like he said before. He was acting on behalf of Michael, and he goes, please don't leave me. I can't be alone, all alone again. It sounds like he was just an old man who was very lonely because he wasn't very charismatic and like Aki and Ushi were, you know, they had people around him, and he wasn't. And then he found this cat that talked to him and like became friends. So when... Michael ejects the metal, the helmet falls off, and the cat just goes, meow, and just walks off. I think it was just a normal cat, and Michael was just in the metal, and then just no, ejected No, no, I, 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 I very disagree with this. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, just because uh, Dr. Armand Medieval was lonely does not mean that the cat is not an alien. The no. metal was a means by which for him to communicate in a human language with Dr. Medieval, mm -hmm. who, well, by the text we know, has altered his body to be able to interpret the language of metals. Mm -hmm. So this is simply the way they were able to communicate. The cat has abandoned the, the, the formal structure that he can communicate with, with Armand, which is fine. It does not mean that the cat is not one, an alien yeah. and two, the real villain, <laughs> because no. the cat was basically getting Armand to do yeah. all of this because the cat just wanted to see it happen. Yeah. The, the cat, like all cats do, just wanted to destroy the world because it could. Um, <laughs> no, see, I took it as I, and, Valid interpretation. I, I wholly hard to believe the cat was the villain orchestrating it, and Michael was actually an alien. But I don't know if it was the cat. I think the metal was Michael, and they built this control helmet so Michael was controlling the cat, and then Michael ejected himself, essentially ending his own life, and the helmet falls apart, and the cat's just a cat again. The, the thing that doesn't make sense about this is that the cat is clearly more important than the metal because they save the cat, but they don't save the metal. So the cat has to be the, the more important part about this, and the metal is simply a means of, of communication. That's where I will fucking stake my life on this. Hmm. The cat is an alien, Mitch. You are right. I will not, I will not back down from this. We'll talk about <laughs> it next episode, then. I, I think we can get some uh, good mileage out of that next episode. We'll go back, rewatch re it a couple times, and talk about it during our finale. Okay, so 
Um, the point Hoshi is, does. the cat's name is Michael and may be an alien and the villain. He is. And I was he, The right. cat's name is Michael and he's an alien. That's what I, I'm signed up for. Uh, oh. Also, so, speaking Hoshi, of aliens. <laughs> Hoshi reaches out to Armand and says, like, hey, come with me to space. You can learn so much things with me. Like, truly, like, if you if you have this much love for Metabots, you can come with me and we can create, like, a perfect union, like, in another way. Uh and uh, you know Armand's ready to agree with that and like accept defeat and like and and follow his his mentor, uh, which is when the a- aliens tell Icky, "Hey, listen, we know you've fought a lot, you've lost a lot, so we're gonna give you something back." And they give him back Metabee's healed body, so he doesn't. The Metabee's not dead. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also Hoshi entrusts Aki to take care of Metabots in the future, mm-hmm. which I don't trust. No. But he does call him Eugene, which I feel like is going to set Aki on the right path. <laughs> um, but here's the, the fucking wildest thing. <laughs> They're ready to leave. Hoshi's ready to, like, fuck off with Armand and the cat and everybody. And he's like, hey, Brandon, we should get going. And Brandon's like, yeah, totally, bro. And Brandon turns into a tiny, tiny green alien and fucks <laughs> off with them. The hot boy was a tiny green alien. What is going on, Mitch? So Who is his little brother? <laughs> Who was Sam in love with? Now, I don't understand. When Sam met Brandon and Brandon goes, oh, I'm his bigger brother. One, that was in the dub only. And two, aliens love lying to humans. It, it's <laughs> it's in their little green blood. They can't help it. It is. Um, so we get an extra uh, scene here in the sub that you don't end up. In the dub, you just see um, Arika respond to this. And... Um, we see Arika, Nanako, and Sam because they all talk to this boy. <laughs> and Arika's like, he was an alien this whole time? What? Uh, Nanako, Natalie, is just going, I, I can't believe it. And then Sam's just furious. He goes, how dare he do this to me? <laughs> at least this at least this secures. This secures our, our dream endings for these characters where Sam and Koji end up together and uh, Takiyaki girl and Aki uh, uh, end up together, and uh, Arika goes on to live a long, prosperous life as a as a you know news reporter uh, in Iceland. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe not, but you know, um, God, this is the show's a, the cat. Uh, the cat's name is Michael. Was an alien. The pretty boy's name is Brandon. Was an alien. <laughs> Mitch, it's only going to get better from here. God, the because our next scene, the best. Mitch, scene. Our next scene is the rubber robos. Yeah, where all of the rubber robos decide, all of the rubber robos decide they're going to quit. Yeah, and everyone tosses aside their antennas. They break them off and, and throw them away. They all want a better future. You know, uh, Squid Guts is like, I got, I need to stop living in my parents' basement. You know, everybody is like, we got, we have a better future, and Sea Slug won't give it up. So he doesn't want to be abandoned in the same way that he's been abandoned by dr medieval so and mitch who is there to hold on who is there to be there for sea slug so shrimpy goes i've grown out of this we've <laughs> we've been rubber robos for three years now i'm done and breaks off his horn and throws it aside uh squid guts goes i've tired of being the bad guy for so long now it's finally time that i've stood up for myself and he walks off and girl girl's like yeah this was fun <laughs> and leaves <laughs> She's like, I, I'm tired. I wasted my youth for this. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, 
sea slug's like no i i won't abandon this like this is who i made myself to be and then miss caviar shows up a diving tackle hug yes uh and uh sea slug says that he won't give up rubber the rubber 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 lifestyle uh he will carry on their mission so which is when miss caviar says that all right that's fine and we just get this cutaway shot of her throwing away her gloves mm-hmm. and her throwing away her space metafighter x like scarf and she says that she is no longer miss caviar she is miss starfish of the rubber robo gang god it's so good um <laughs> so when she hugs him he goes to hug her and then stops like his hands are shaking and hovering over her. He he can't let himself do that. And he stands up and goes, "So what if our leader's gone? I have the burning determination for domination." Yeah. And then she and she she's like, "Okay, fine. I'm no longer Miss Caviar. I'm now Miss Starfish, your chief of staff. Let us yeah. give birth to the near Rubber Robo Gang and walk the path towards world domination from the start." Robo. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, we can start a fucking uh, super villain, like, uh, a consultation group. Which like, is she great. is going to run this the right way. And he breaks off one of his two antennas and gives it to her as an engagement ring. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my fucking life, Mitch. <laughs> one of the best part? Exactly the same thing in the sub. Yes. This will be our engagement ring. Slaps on our hand. Blushes. And like leans in and then they finally embrace together. I love this goddamn show. This is the thing I've been waiting for this entire fucking show. <laughs> Worth the buildup. Worth. Yeah. Like it wasn't even a will they won't they. It's the how could they. Yeah. <laughs> and this is how. I'm so glad we were right. I'm so glad on all counts we God. were right. We did we did bet on either side of this thing happening. We bet it was going to happen one way or the other. But, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad for what this means for fucking season three of Metabots. Uh, it's just, I'm so happy. So we cut away to the group looking on the destruction in Tokyo. We hear the theme song start to play. We hear the theme song start to play. And Tokyo Tower is cut in half uh and victor is here and he tells icky that he's ready to reclaim row battling for skill and honor and they're but they can't fight they can't fight mitch but who's here but henry henry the loyal 7-eleven employee who has a blister pack of a brand new war bandit and a tin pet that he says is phantom renegade approved with a wink. wink As he hands it off. (laughs) So it's the champion's replica model, and it was just released. (laughs) And Mr. Ref is here. Mr. Ref is standing on a perfectly hexagonal piece of wreckage. Ready, ready to to referee this row battle as Icky and Victor, B and War Bandit, are ready to battle for the true honor of the future of row battling. And we get a freeze frame ending. And it's the best thing in the fucking world. Yeah. It's freeze frame. Uh, they're starting to attack. Icky leapt over Meta B and his hands, like his fist is straight up in the air. The sun is shining. Um, I pointed out to you before the show, and I'm going to say it here while we're recording. Mr. Ref looks so happy to call this match. Every other episode we've had, he's been in. He <laughs> always has like a slight scowl as he's doing it. because He's a professional. This is serious business. 
but he remembered the joy. His heart is now free from burden. He, like, <laughs> this is the good end. And I, the hexagon, the smile, um, Victor is talking about, like, we'll have to meet up again and fight. Like, and, oh, God, everything about this is so good. This is like a phenomenal television program. I like I'm I'm excited for season three, but like this is a per this, like this is a this is a perfect ending. Yeah, we could stop here and never have to cover the show ever again, and it'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, God, it's just so good. Uh, there, there's nothing I'm like, uh, there's nothing lacking from this episode that I'm like, yeah, I want to know more about this. I want to, I mean, sure, we could explore more of the world. Sure, whatever. Like we could talk more about the ancient civilizations, but we don't need to. We got enough. I'm satisfied yeah this is this is perfect i couldn't i couldn't want a better ending it's so nice to have this thing to just kind of cap everything off we can enjoy like the last what 24 episodes 12 episodes however many like season three is i can't even i I don't know i don't even want to look but it's like that's fine it's good that we have it there we're gonna we're gonna do it it's gonna be fine but like really like it is so wild that they got to like cap this weird video game tie-in show off in a way that like it really feels they were so happy with god i I don't think there's ever been a season of pokemon that has ended in a way like this (laughs) no i i don't i can't name a single show of this type of a um merchandising first show um that that reached this high. I mean, there were some lows, let's not forget, but, um, God, like this is a phenomenal ending. And yeah, if, uh, Metabots Damashi didn't come out, like what a way to end like the franchise essentially. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I got, I got nothing, man. Like this is, yeah, this is phenomenal. Listen, you know, we've got like, normally I would try and like, like pump more stuff out of you, but like we got a whole wrap up episode next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So, Mitch, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Big Bad Beetle Boy on Twitter. Um, that's the best place to find me. So, uh, hit me up. Um, we have. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll be recording, <laughs> but we do need questions. So travel back in time and send us questions. Yes, I am like I I'm literally about to retweet our question thing mm-hmm. and make a a whole different tweet in a couple of days for it. But like, yeah, uh if you're somehow listening to this before the 14th of April, uh send us questions for the wrap up episode. We're going to talk about two seasons of Metabots, just great show, bloody bloody blah, blah, and it should be a good time. The well, the season 2/series slash series finale cuz my yes. Metabots is over. I'm done with Metabots. I I have no yeah. more episodes of Metabots left. Oh, yeah, we're definitely not going to cover a whole different season of Metabots and probably, you know, not going to cover several seasons of Zoids or whatever else we can do. And uh, we're, I don't know, we'll cross the bridge when we come to it. But as far as, like, listen, if you're, hmm, and this is the thing that I I feel like we're probably going to talk about, Mm -hmm. because I feel like we should talk about production stuff in the final episode. But, like, if you're making a podcast, give yourself a hard out. Like, it's okay to say your podcast is going to end at X point. And we have repeatedly given ourselves that point, which is, this is one of them. And we're probably going to go past it, but it's fucking whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to. Like, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next television program we watch, which, Metabots Damashi, maybe? 
I guess, yeah. I, I, yeah, we'll get into it next episode. Yeah. Uh, Colin, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find my public account at Pagetish, that's P-A-D-G-E-T-T-I-S-H, or you can find me, uh, you can request to follow my private account at Pagetesk, uh, P-A-D-G-E-T-T-E-S-Q-U-E, mm-hmm. um, at twitter.com, uh, and you can find the other show that I do, um, at Commonwealth Climate Talks, also, uh, around when this is coming out, should actually be around the time that, uh, I will be back on wow cool robot the gundam podcast that i hosted for zeta gundam um uh i am coming back on for our uh shars counterattack episode basically like everybody who's guested up until this point is coming back on to like do a round table for the big movie that kind of caps off the end of early uc for gundam so it should be a really good really fun time uh what a downgrade going from metabots back to gundam like we already hit pinnacle robot baby like where are you gonna go from here Mitch, there are things about Shars Counterattack that I will not say on mic because they're too good to ruin. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got, yeah. It's got Char in it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, uh, we're going to end this recording here in a little bit, and you're going to understand why. Uh, we're going to, I guess we're going to re- end this recording in a bit because we don't know, have a reason to end this episode. We don't know how to do this still. <laughs> This is the final episode, and we still don't have an ending. Next time, I mean, are you gonna are you gonna say it, Mitch? You want to say it together? Are you are we gonna say it? All right, on three, three, two, two, one, one. Bazinga. Bazinga. Bazinga.